Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. All right. How many are ready to hear the Word of God this morning? So I know the time is a little bit late and kind of knew this was going to happen. A couple reasons why I knew it was going to happen. One is about the middle of the week, the Lord uh, just started ministering to me about how this morning service was going to play out. And then by Wednesday, I got such a sore throat and the enemy was just like, oh yeah, we're going to have a big service, lots of healings and stuff like that. Where, you know, How about we're going to make it so you can't talk? And honestly, I was in a fight. You could ask Pastor Doug. On Friday morning, he and I worked out together at iRock Fitness and we're working out. And I'm trying to talk to him even like over the music. And my voice is just like, it's going, going, and going. I was like, whoa, no, 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 no. I don't think this is Friday. I got church on Sunday. God's going to do big things. This voice is going to be strong on Sunday. And so I just began to believe and receive for my own personal healing. And I'll tell you what, I listened to what the Holy Spirit told me to go do. So since I was at IROC and the music is super duper loud, he told me to stop trying to talk to Doug. (laughs) Honestly. So I was like, Doug, I love you, brother. But I'm just going to cut off our conversation. We're just going to work out and stay focused. The second thing he told me to do was start drinking orange juice and taking my fish oils. I'm telling you, this is what, and who wants to drink orange juice when you have a sore throat? It's like painful, right? Like burns going down, but it's the vitamin C. And the Holy Spirit, the Lord was just ministering to me. And I want you to be healed. I want you to be whole and ready for Sunday. And here's what I want you to go do. So I believed I received my complete healing and wholeness. And I did what he told me to go do. And I'm telling you, by yesterday, it started getting better. And by this morning, it's completely and totally gone. And this is true because you can hear me. (laughs) And I was losing my voice. But I don't think so. That's what the enemy wanted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word that you have for us this morning. I thank you, Father, that you've already done an amazing work here. We thank you, Father, for the beautiful weather. We thank you that you are a beautiful God. And I thank you, Father, for all that you're going to continue to do in the short time we have left. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning we are going to, I want to actually kind of do part two of the, uh, the message that we gave last week, or that I gave last week. And we're in the middle of a series called Death to Life. And oh yeah, by the way, I believe we're, we're giving our message in Spanish today as well, because we got a little translation thing. So we're going multilingual. So if you know people who you know, speak Spanish or any other language you want to attend church, they don't understand English, we can help them here. In Jesus' name, we've got technology to be able to do that. But I'm saying that we've got a series and we're doing called Death to Life. And we started this with the water baptisms. We went through Easter and how Jesus' death and his resurrection, his death to life, allows us to go from death to life. We talked about our relationship with ourself. We spent a week talking about how do we treat ourselves? How can we love someone else if we cannot love ourselves? And this is, based, this is biblical teaching out of God's Word. It says we can need to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. 
So if we actually loved our neighbor the way we love ourselves, it would look pretty ugly most of the time. And we have to change the way we're talking to ourselves, speaking to ourselves, and the way we're seeing ourselves has to change and be in God's image. How does He see us? And then we can begin to love others. And last week, we started this, and we're going to end it here this morning, about how do we love others. And we spent time in Ephesians 4, and I want to read verse 31. And I want to talk about briefly the seven points or so that we had last week that I just want to hammer home again, because one, if you weren't here, you should go back and listen to it. Number two, we need to hear things over and over and over again to get them into our hearts, into our souls, and then they transform our minds. This is what we need, our minds to be transformed. Verse 31, Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Woo! Forgive one another. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Yikes! This is tough stuff. This is relationship stuff. And there were seven things we talked about. If you want to take notes, you can write some of these down. Seven things we talked about last week. The very first thing we have to do is invite Jesus into our relationship. We have to invite Him into our relationship. Just like they invited Jesus to the wedding, which was the first miracle that He performed. He turned water into wine. He had to be there. In order for the miracle... To happen, he had to be invited in. In our relationships, we have to invite Jesus in. The second thing we need to do is we need to pray. We absolutely need to pray. You can invite Jesus in, but if you don't pray and you're not led by the Holy Spirit in what he's telling you to go do and how he's telling you to go do it and listen to his voice and what he's going to go do, you can have Jesus here and he's available, but the Holy Spirit is trying to direct you as to what you need to go do. You must pray. You have to invite him in, and then you have to pray because prayer changes things. The third thing is, is we have to have strong communication. Strong communication. We have to be open with one another. We have to understand what it means to be angry but do not sin. And we have to understand the power of our words. The fourth thing we have to do is we have to own our own stuff. You have to own your own stuff. We cannot blame others for the issues that we have in our own life. We have to own our own stuff. The fifth thing we had to do is we had to have grace and space. I love that phrase. We have to have grace and space with the other person. You know how much grace and space God has given us? Tons of grace. Tons of space to be able to grow. We talked about how it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict not ours. And when we change that thinking, it can drastically change our relationships. Number six was don't let any bitterness have any root in our relationships. Let no bitterness have root in our relationships. And the last thing we talked about was forgiveness is a process. Forgiveness is a process. And we talked a little bit about how Everybody needs to get help. It's okay to get help. It's healthy to get help. I encourage you to get help. And so after last Sunday, 
we were driving back home, and, and Liz started saying, the Lord just really was speaking to her, and she, the Lord just downloaded some really, really, really amazing things that she wrote down during the message last week. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't noticed yet, but we are doing this together, in case you haven't noticed, we do this together, her and I, and what God had downloaded and was speaking to her as she's reading it to me, I'm just like, oh my goodness, that's good, oh that's good, oh that's good, oh that's good, Uh, what are you doing next Sunday? Maybe you could come up here. And share some of those things. So I want to invite her up. She's got some amazing things that she wants to share along those same lines that we were talking about last week to really help drive home the practicality of what this means in our life and what this means for our relationships. Thank you. Hello. Welcome. He used the word amazing like three times. I feel like I'm, expectations are high. That's right. We come expecting here. So he just recapped these, these things. And the Lord was just speaking to me. Um, it's... I'm one of those people who's just always like, but how? But how? But what does this look like in everyday life? Life is busy. I mean, it is busy. And we have to be careful of that. You know, um, Jesus went away. I mean, there's how many scriptures where he went away to, to pray so that he could do the work of the ministry that was put before him to do. And I just think that each one of us is called to ministry. And if we're bogged down in these, in the fight, in the personal, in our personal selves, sometimes it just keeps us from being able to minister um, effectively. And the whole point is fruit. I just want to stand before the Lord someday. He's not looking for me to be as good as fill in the blank or in any way. I just want to be able to, to offer fruit with what he's given me. I, I, you know, I, we all come through life. With different, with different experiences and um, different pasts and different families and just different tools in our toolbox. And the Lord doesn't expect us to be someone else or to accomplish what someone else accomplishes. Well, you know, they have two kids and they seem to have it all together. And I have two kids and I'm a mess. Comparison is the enemy. I mean, it, it does not serve us. Um, so when I began to get my eyes focused on Jesus, I really began not caring what anyone else thinks. Not what anyone else thinks. Second to Jesus, I really only care what he thinks. He is my check. My, my in, keep me in bounds. That's his job. That's his job. Do not be afraid. Be strong in the Lord and keep me in bounds. Um, but when we put our eyes on Jesus, we can get a clear, he will tell us our mission, our mission. If, 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 um, if I make it my mission because, you know, to bake the best cookies and to, to bless people through baking cookies because I'm good at it. And I think that's what I ought to do, but that's not what he called me to do. I might be good at it, but that doesn't mean that's my calling. This is not anything in my notes at all. I don't even know where this is coming from. Um, and I'll go and stand before the Lord someday, but you know, I did this great thing and I did it for you. He, you know, what if he looks at me and says, yeah, but my calling was this and you got a good idea and ran with it and you never checked in with me. So good is not always God. We need to check in with him and we need to walk with him. We need to invite him in even the good things before we took this role 
did this boy, did we pray? Were we led? We did not want to stand before the Lord someday and say, we pastored a church for you, Lord. Like, look at what we did and have him say, it wasn't for you to do. That wasn't for you to do. You, you jumped in and you grabbed at that. We did not grab. We would not grab. We will not grab at any, anything. We want to be led um, so that we can be true in what the Lord has called us to do. I'm sorry. That was just an extra blessing. There's nothing in my notebook at all. Um, the seven things, was it seven? The seven things that Pastor Jason had talked about, invite Jesus. So this all goes into inviting Jesus. Um, I've had times in my life when I was being pulled into good directions, and I had to stand firm. Um, one of those times, it was even him asking, like, I think you should be doing this. But I knew, I knew, there wasn't strife. We handled, you know, we talked, we prayed. He saw the light. Um, I knew what God had for me in the season, and I had to hold fast to it so that I could be faithful in the season I was in and not jump to the next season. Seasons are a wonderful thing. We have grace. God gives provision for the season he's called you to. And when you get outside of it, when you get ahead of him, this goes along with what I had said earlier, when you get ahead of him, you get into trouble. You start taking in water. You need rescued. And I've had a lot of those moments as well. Um, Inviting Jesus. So I am really super motivated to know what's going on in here. This is what I own. This is what I'm responsible for. I may love him, but I have no power to control him. I can't make him not get angry. I can't make him be calm. I can't make him not get upset when something happens because that's, that's in his control. So I, early on, became very, not obsessed, but very intentional about what is going on in here because this is what I'm going to be held responsible for, my, re, my response and, um, so what areas do I need to grow in? And I have, I've become over the years, very proactive in going after problem areas. I don't want, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't want to be standing here and for everyone else to be able to see like, Ooh, she has, she's a little bit harsh there. I want to see the harshness. Do you know, I want to see my own stuff. I want to see it first so that I can take it to my father in heaven and we can work on it. Because I want to be the most useful that I can be to him. I want to love the best that I have the, the capacity to love. Um, and so I'm very proactive about going after those problems. Changing the old self and putting on the new man. Wow. I mean, it's a fight. So I loved this, inviting Jesus, <clears throat> intentionally inviting God's power into our weakness. He does not, he does not, he's not upset with me for not being strong in every area. He's not. He is upset when we try to hide our weakness, when we try to brush it under the carpet, because we're not, we're not trusting in his goodness. Instead of taking our weakness out and saying, oof, I need help with this, um, that pleases him. And so being inten- intentional and inviting God's power into our weakness and taking it before him. I heard this story. Carl Lentz is the senior leader of Hillsong, New York City. He's one of those super hip cool people. And he is very into basketball. He's like a baller. He knows all these famous basketball players. And so I guess in New York city somewhere, he has his like weekly ball game and he had been working on, you know, his temper or he's just doing this work that we're talking about this internal work at how he would respond and react in certain situations. And so when he's playing basketball, there's trash talk and you know, he had conquered a lot of different areas in his life, but when he would get on the court 
and the trash talk would start, he would just, he, he would lose his self-control. He, he would not, he was not victorious. And so he decided, you know what, I'm going to beat this thing. So he began to play on purpose, waiting for someone to offend him, like waiting. I guess he could take it so much and then he couldn't take it anymore. And then tempers would flare and fouls would be thrown and elbows and whatever got heated on the court. Um, and so he began intentionally putting himself into the situation that was difficult intentionally for me, this would look like waking up early on a Saturday morning intentionally to play with a toddler. That would be, this is, this is like the parallel in my life. To do that and to enjoy it, to be loving, to be kind, to have any kind of want to do that. He kept doing it over and over until he got victory. And when he got victory, there was no limit, man. The trash talk had happened, he'd be like, you know, and he would just be happy. He'd be back and forth and doing his thing. And he got rid of the bait. He would always be baited, baited, baited. And he, he just kept intentionally going after that area of weakness until he conquered it. So... You know, in this process, I used to, as we all would, um, avoid. Well, avoid those situations that make you upset. And yes, if you can't, if you're not going to go into it intentionally inviting God, then avoid it. Um, but I began inviting the Lord, knowing I'm about to go to a family gathering where it could get a little heated. And there's personalities that, oh, it's just bait. It's just bait. And so I began intentionally inviting the Lord with me, preparing myself for victory, not just walking in and doing the same thing over and over again. So I really liked that. Um, Number two was pray. Um, I love Jesus was invited to the wedding. Um, I love that he turned water into wine. Um, But I love that his mom said, do whatever he tells you to do. And so when we pray, we're we're going to him to, to, first of all, invite him. And in every moment, I'm inviting in every moment, um, prayer is like an all the time thing. Um, but do what he says to do. Don't do what others are doing. But the situation is, see, they have the same situation as me. So I'm going to do that. That's a really good idea. Do what he tells you to do. Do what he tells you to do. Now he might tell you to do what someone else is doing. He might draw your attention and lead you to a good idea, but it will be his leading and you'll know it. Um, so do what he tells you to do. Not what you think, not what you think what he says to do over and over and over in our journey. He has led us contrary to what would, one would think we were to do. Um, we got a $600 electric bill once. $600 electric bill, and it comes through the email. And so I saw it, and I didn't know if he had seen it. And he called me, or we were on the phone or something. He was like, Oh my gosh, did you see the electric bill? I was like, I did. I saw it. And then my next email was someone uh, wanted funded for a missions trip. And so I gave him a hundred bucks and he was just like, Oh, Oh, okay. That's good. Because that electric bill offended me. I was mad. I was like, you know, I'm not gonna get upset. I'm not going to hold tighter to my money because that electric bill is outrageous. I'm going to start getting on the kids to turn the lights off and do less laundry, something, but I'm not gonna, I'm not going to respond in fear. And that was, that was, um, it was good. I'm not going to do what is natural to do. Natural, you get a $600 electric bill, man. You just like, you know, here's two jelly beans. That's your ration for the day. We're clamping down this, this business. That's the natural inclination. We want to live supernatural. We want to live supernatural. So we pray and we do what he tells us to do. And sometimes it looks a little crazy, but we, we follow him. Um, number three, strong communication. 
So strong communication comes when we are honest with ourselves first. Don't say that you're fine if you're not fine. So we talked a little about not letting the sun going down, go down in your anger. You know, we don't always we don't always we don't always go to bed happy with one another. But it's like, yeah, I'm really upset with you, but it's fine. You can go to bed. We'll talk about it tomorrow. He knows. We have come to the the place in our life where his word is bond. My word is bond for with one another. I I'm not going to say I'm not angry and secretly be angry and punish him later. Not going to happen. I won't I won't allow it to happen. Um, so strong communication starts with honesty. Like honesty. Um, and we have to find a way to speak the truth in love. Uh, so much, so we're very careful with our words. Um, and with my children, uh, when we train them in forgiveness, you know, one of them will hit the other and I'll say, you know, you need to apologize. And they'll say, I'm sorry, I hit you. And the other, what is the natural answer? The natural answer is it's okay. That is the no go in my house. It's okay is not an okay response. They're not allowed. Like, I'll say, it's not okay. And they'll say, I forgive you. That's the response. Because our words are powerful. It's not okay that you hit me. It's not okay that you hurt me. It's not okay that you were unkind to me. But I do forgive you. And with, I mean, it's a natural response when you say you're sorry to say, oh, it's okay. It's not okay. So let's not say it's okay. So let's take our honesty to the extreme, and that is the foundation for strong communication. The foundation for strong communication is being honest with yourself, um, inviting Jesus in, where are my areas of weakness, taking it to the Lord in prayer, doing what he says to do. Um, honesty, I feel like, is just the foundation for all of that. God wants an honest relationship with us. He's not interested in our outer works. He's not interested in the good, thing, the good things we, we do that are impressive. He's not interested in you being on time for church if you had to scream at your kids to get here. That's hard to hear. And it's hard to live. It's hard to live because we care what other people think. We want to be seen as on time. We want to be seen like, you know, oh, that person's reliable. That person's faithful. That person's human, you know. And God is interested in us living um, honestly before him and with him and journeying with him. Um. So, oh, strong communication. Um, saying I'm angry, being angry and not sinning. Do you know a really great way to be angry and not sin is just to say, you know what, I'm angry. You've made me angry. You just say it out loud and immediately it's like the power of the emotion is it's like air letting out of a balloon. Um, Daniel Tiger, Jason has used this, Pastor Jason has used this before. Daniel Tiger sings these songs and it's, um, it's a PBS show based off of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And I've learned so much from Daniel Tiger. <laughs> I have. And there's one, you know, Daniel Tiger gets mad. He's like a preschool and his parents are so perfect. And he sings this song, Mad, 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 It Helps to Say I'm Mad. And I sat there thinking about it the one day because I'm trying to teach little kids what to do when you're mad. One of them says to stomp your feet three times and then you'll feel better. But that doesn't really work. It doesn't make me feel better. So, but just saying, you know what, I'm angry right now. You have made me angry is, first of all, much better than saying, you're driving me crazy. That's, mm -mm. not you're driving me crazy, you're making me angry right now. Um, a big one in my family is, I'm, I'm losing my mind. No, I'm not losing my mind. I'm overwhelmed right now. It's finding the right words. I'm an absolute word nerd. 
there's no, I love words. I love the power of words. You can write a sentence. You can change one single word and change the whole meaning or the whole feeling of that sentence. I'm a total word nerd. Um, so saying you're angry when you're feeling that anger will help to have strong communication. Um, stupid idiot tone. I feel like I'm like running through these. It's not just what you say in your relationships. It's how you say it. It's not just speaking the truth is awesome. And it's, it needs to, you need to be known as a friend and as a mom, as a husband, um, as a woman, as a man who speaks the truth, but it needs to be done in love. Um, and so early on we discovered the stupid idiot tone. This is a tone of voice that you haven't said anything. It's just like, you know, did you, did you pick up the car from the dealership? Yeah, I did. Stupid idiot. Like you don't say stupid idiot, but you could. Right. Um, the first time we learned this, I feel like we were married like six months and we were both brushing our teeth and I don't know what I said and I don't know what his response was, but I just knew that suddenly I felt angry or I felt like I had been mistreated and yet I couldn't put my finger on. He didn't do anything wrong necessarily. And so the way I kind of put my finger, I was like, you know, you didn't call me a stupid idiot, but you could have just with the way you answered my question. And he Again, honesty. He was just like, yeah, I can see how that's true. And so it became, in our relationship, the stupid idiot tone. And it comes every once in a while. But as soon as I hear it, or if he hears it, he'll just be like, stupid idiot tone. And I'll just be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean the tone. And I'll re-say it in a better tone. So it's not just what you say. It's how you say it. Um, and this kind of jumps to number four, which is own your own stuff. When I told him he, he hurt me, he didn't automatically justify and say, well, I didn't say anything wrong. You know, he heard me. He heard me say, you know, you didn't say, I actually probably said, you didn't say anything wrong, but something about the way you said it was just a little harsh. And then out of that came the stupid idiot tone, but he didn't justify. Um, I love this. This is so good, especially as parents. Um, a good apology is just invaluable. Apologize when you mess up. Don't, don't pretend like you have, let's not, let's stop pretending like we have it all together. A good apology is ruined with the word, but it's ruined. As soon as you put the word, but you've ruined it. You might as well have not even said it. Um, so as a parent, my children are, have been completely disobedient and I'm yell. I mean like, absolutely. And I come back and say, listen, I'm so, I'm sorry that I yelled at you but you disobeyed. That's a bad apology. It's, I'm sorry that I yelled at you. No one deserves to be yelled at ever. No one deserves to be yelled at that way ever. And I am sorry. The next time that you're in disobedience, I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm going to march you up to your room and there will be a, a discipline and a punishment. And then they're like, you know, but that's a good apology. They're not, it's not their fault that I yelled. They disobeyed, yes, but I had many, many options that did not involve yelling. There's no excuse for the yelling. There's never an excuse as an adult to hurt or harm a child, ever. doesn't matter what they do. If they burn the house down, they, you know, it, a good apology is ruined by the word but. We'll just, we'll just end it there. Um, so own your own stuff. So key in loving each other, in loving each other. is knowing who we are, knowing our weaknesses, and then not justifying when we blow it. Just saying you're sorry. I'm, I'm having an awful day, and I am so sorry you didn't deserve that. Um, no bitterness, or I'm sorry, grace and space was number five. 
uh, don't be angry at someone just because they are struggling with you. Don't be angry at them because they're angry. They get great. They get space to feel what they feel. And I've often had, I guess I always have to use my children because that's my sphere um, or my husband. And actually, I remember learning this with you too. And we had a little thing. I actually encouraged him, like, say no to me. If you don't want to do something, say no. Don't, don't not say no and just kind of do it halfway. Just say no, not now. And so he was like, fine, we're not doing it. No. I was like, and I went walking down the hall and he was like, well, now you're mad at me. I was like, yes, I am mad. It's like, but I didn't throw anything at you and I haven't yelled at you and I'll get over it. Just give me a few minutes, but don't be, it's okay if people get angry. People being angry is not a bad thing always. They just need space to feel what they're feeling, and then they get to make their choices of how they deal with it, just the same way we do. So um, giving people, especially your spouses, your friends, the people in your sphere, the people you care about, your children, they don't have to like everything. Kiddo, I get it. You do not have to like cleaning your room, but you do have to do it. So let's do it, get it done, and then we'll eat chocolate or something. Like, we'll go for a walk. We'll find something. But... You don't have to be happy about it, but you can't slam that down like that, so don't do it again. That's grace and space. Um, not expecting people to always be happy all the time. Not expecting them, and not getting angry at them just because they are a little edgy with you. It's just like, ooh, that person needs a little space and a little grace. Let people be who they are. Not our job to fix them. Not our job to change them. Let people be who they are. It's like written like on the top of like every journal I own. It was a hard lesson for me to learn because I wanted to help them be better. <laughs> Not my job. <laughs> Not my job. Um, I pray for people to grow so that they can have freedom, but let people be who they are. Um, number six, no bitterness. I just wrote lots of prayer, lots of honesty. There's so much hurt and people hurt us, but bitterness is just harming ourselves, um, killing marriages, um, opening the door for the enemy, really, in so many ways. There's some horrible things that people have to let go of and take to the Lord and work through, and he is so gracious, um, so gracious to heal. So getting bitterness out, I think a couple weeks ago, I had said, um, bitterness is like cockroaches, like you got to get them out. If you would see one in your kitchen, you would get real proactive real fast. It wouldn't wait. It wouldn't be a like a, um, a nice to do, or you wouldn't forget about it. I wouldn't forget about it. I'd be on it. So I'm on it with bitterness. I refuse to be bitter. And I just take it to the Lord. I don't have a magic answer. I don't have a magic way to make it easy, and neither does he. It's not easy to get rid of bitterness. It's not easy to walk in forgiveness when people have hurt you, which is number seven. It's that forgiveness is a process. It's a process. Um, you, can have the, you can say, you know, I forgive you, but I do not like you very much right now. I, I, don't, I don't like you much yet. Now, I don't say that out loud. I say it to myself, you know, about him or about the kids or about some people who have hurt me. Like, you know, I need space from that person. I forgive them, but I need some space. And my goal is to reconcile and is to build that relationship back up at a pace and a distance that is appropriate. And how do I know what that is? I go to the Lord. I, take, I invite the Lord in to my bitterness or my unforgiveness. I invite him in constantly. Um, and I get help. I have this guy. You know, we have each other. Um, and we walk 
with the Lord and we walk together. So we honor God with our hearts, like I said, and not our outer works. This whole message, this whole thing, and so now you've recapped and you have no time to move into the second part. Um, But we need Jesus. We need to invite him into our thought life. That's where the battle is in our minds, where we, in your mind is where you think about what you think about. That's a hard process, especially when you're just trying to get out of the grocery store, Mm. you know, in one piece. Um, So we need to invite him into our thoughts and into our minds. And he does that work on the inside, and it begins then to take effect and make changes on the outside. You know, you can't improve your marriage by buying flowers. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. I wish it was. I wish it was, but it's just not that easy. It's, It's these seven steps. To improve seven steps to improve your marriage, you know. First, you have to invite Jesus, and I didn't know this was about marriage, but it's about parenting. You can't, you can't fix decades of hurt between parent and child by buying something or even by going to the park. You can take small steps, and those are good things. So buy flowers. That's cool. Like it's not, it's not going to hurt anything. You can say that, but it's just not that easy. This isn't easy, but it's clear. And God's faithful. Um, and it's within our boundaries. I like, I like when I can work on something and I know it. You know, I, I struggle more when something is outside of my boundaries. I struggle more when I, th- when I see something I think he needs to work on, but he's not working on it. That's hard for me to deal with. That would be like a different message for a different day. But these, these seven points um, that he brought last week, you know, that, this is all about the work that we do on the inside of us. And it's moving from death to life. And we have to start here. We have to start here. And as you begin to work here, then the Lord will send you. He'll send people into your life because you're a safe person. He knows you'll give that person grace and space. He knows you will, you will give them the good counsel so that their life can be moved, their marriage, their parenting. Um, their life can be moved from death to life. That's the whole it's the whole point here. I mean, this is what all this is for. And it's, it's work, but it works. Amen. And God is good. He's faithful. And he does the work. I say, I let God do what he do, and I do what I do. Amen. And he is enough. I mean, he is so gracious and so good. He is good. <clears throat> Hand. Church, we... And I said this two weeks ago, we truly love you guys. And we share out of our heart, we share what God has put on our heart because we believe it has helped us and we want to be able to help you. And we want to do this together to be able to help relationships, parenting, friendships at school. These things apply to our lives. And I just want you guys to know how much we care for you. And we are praying for you. Pray for us, please, as well. Because relationships are hard, yeah? They're difficult, and it takes effort, it takes intentionality, it takes work to be able to, to, be able to grow them, and to do, I mean, it's like gardening, right? It takes work to be able to garden. I use that example all the time, because I'm a terrible gardener. This is, not, this is not our strength, is gardening. But you get, it takes work, and it takes time, and you have to prune stuff back, and you have to get rid of the weeds that are there, and this is just what we want, strong relationships in your life. So stand with me, we're going to close in prayer. Small group leaders, if you want to come forward, if you have any other prayer requests in your life, these men and women can pray for you.
But I want to finish where I started reading. It was in Acts 3, then I went to Acts 4, and I want to close at the end, uh, close to the end of Acts 4 here. And it says in verse 30, By stretching out your hand to heal, that the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And so I want to pray over each and every one of you this morning. That as I pray, you will be shaken. That your relationships will be shaken in a good way. And you will decide to make a decision to move forward in a good way in your relationship with the Lord. And that the ultimate goal then is that He will give you the boldness to share your testimony. To share what God has done in your life. How He has restored you and your relationships as you go about your day and your week moving forward. So Heavenly Father, we come to You. We thank You for Your abundant power. We thank You for the power that is in the name of Jesus. And we speak the name of Jesus over every relationship here. Every relationship that's here physically, who is listening online or wherever they may be, we speak the name of Jesus. And Your Word says that when we pray, we're assembled together and we pray that You do the shaking. So, Father, I thank You that You are shaking us up in a good way. You are getting rid of the junk that needs to be gotten rid of. And You are giving us the words to say to build strong relationships in our lives. And, Father, I thank You for the Holy Spirit. As we could not do this without Him. We thank You that He is here with us, leading us and guiding us, and that we can be filled with Your Holy Spirit. And we thank You, Father, that we can speak Your Word with boldness. Everywhere we go, we can speak Your Word of boldness. Of the testimonies that happened this morning, of the testimonies in Your personal life, in the things that are happening, Father, give us the strength to speak those with boldness. We thank You for this wonderful church service. We thank You for ministering healing, freedom in our midst today. We love You and we praise You. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 You are dismissed to do that yard work we talked about earlier. Enjoy. Have fun. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.